do you have what it takes to be in the 1%? Welcome to The Steph Gordon Show, the place where you'll learn exactly how to scale and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. Before starting this podcast, I've built, scaled, and sold multiple six and seven figure businesses, and I've coached over a thousand entrepreneurs to do the same. If you're ready to take action and unlock your next level of wealth and become the CEO that your business needs for growth, then hit follow, open your notes app, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show. I am absolutely fangirling. And look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is the second time I have had to record this intro because technology sometimes just sucks. And today was one of those days where technology just sucked. And so the guest that I'm here with, I'm actually like Devo and kind of embarrassed because she's such a big deal and tech has let me down today and stopped me from being professional AF. But I am so honored to have on this podcast today, Stacey Holland. She is the owner of Lust Minerals, which was founded in 2014 with a vision to prove that mineral makeup has the high performance power to change your skin, your life, and leave the planet in a better place. Stacey was inspired to educate and provide clean beauty products to women worldwide after watching her father lose his battle with cancer. She made it her mission to provide women with an alternative to synthetic and harmful chemical-based beauty products that were available in groceries, pharmacies, and beauty outlets worldwide. And I am so honored to have this award-winning powerhouse on the podcast with me for the second time today. Hey, (laughs) Stacey, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for that intro. I mean, I'm certainly fangirling to be here. So thank you for having me. And you know what? We should nail this one. We had a practice run. We had a practice (laughs) run. This one's going to be even better, guys. Don't worry. (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know, obviously you're a massive deal and I'd be surprised if someone doesn't know who you are or hasn't used your products. Tell me, who is Stacey Holland? All right. So if I take you back to the beginning, I'm a beauty therapist by trade. I studied my international diplomas and worked in salons for ages. <laughs> I'm a mother of two to Tommy and Sophia. I married my high school sweetheart, James, for those who, if you didn't know. And in my early 20s, this is when it all kind of changed and my dad was diagnosed with cancer. It was a big shock for me. For someone who is in a young 20s who like they've got their life ahead of you, it just kind of felt like everything was stopping and it's not what I wanted to happen. What is going on? So my therapy at the time for me was to research, research anything and everything that I could get my hands on because I was determined to find a cure for dad. And what I did find is amongst many, many, many things that I have now do in my lifestyle today But us as women absorb up to two kilos of chemicals every single year just by the products we apply to our skin. And it blew my mind. We use these products to feel like we're bettering our skin and our body. But in fact, we're just playing habit on our hormones and everything. So not only there, I suffered acne at the time, which I assume was from what I was going through stress. So I became educated in mineral products because, you know, we were having those in the salon and we brought that into the salon that I was in. And I really saw a shift in my skin. And it's kind of where the penny dropped for me. And at the same time, I wanted to mention this actually, I used to get what's called the hand burns. I worked in a skin clinic for eight hours a day, obviously eight facials back to back. I was creating incredible results working in the skin clinic because skin was what I knew best and what I loved. And I started to get what I can describe as the hand burns. So creating these amazing results by using cosmeceutical products that were chemical-based. And as I said, it was just like the penny dropped and it was a pivotal moment for me that I was like, 
I am going to be the change. And at the time, mineral products were well into the $89, $90 for a product. And the women I was treating just couldn't justify that at the time to be able to buy a skincare range and makeup that was in that you know expensive range. So I made it my mission to create something that worked, that performed, that healed the skin, that was good for the skin, that wasn't full of chemicals. And dad was always a businessman for his whole life. He had different businesses that were very, very successful on the Sunshine Coast here. And I'm inspired to write my own book. I don't want to be a character in somebody else's book. For me, I'm a visionary and it was important to me that I wrote my own book. So that's where I decided to create something for myself. And two and a half years of research and development, that's where Lust Minerals was born. And here we are today, nine years later. (laughs) It's insane. Like what a journey. And I think the crazy thing for me to witness for you is like most people don't, I guess, continue with the business they started. Do you know what I mean? Like most people like have like five or six burnt businesses before they find their one. And like, yeah, you've done it like so fluidly and to have built such an incredible brand and really with no entrepreneurial experience to have built the Mm -hmm. brand that you built today is exceptional. And I wanted to touch on the fact that my favorite part, and I feel like this definitely should be on the feature of this podcast is like (laughs) the fact that you were like, I'm going to write my own book. And I just love, we were talking about it before, but that main character energy vibe is just... Just my favorite thing of all time. And I love the fact that you've written your own book. I love that it's such an exceptional book and a book that's so full of heart and meaning and passion and the fact that you've brought something to life from, you know, a place of pain, but mm-hmm. that gave you purpose and passion and is helping you to change so many lives now through that purpose. So it's incredible. Was this the first thing that you did to make your first dollar as an entrepreneur or how did you make your first dollar as an entrepreneur? Essentially for me, the first, Six months into dad's journey, I left my job because I couldn't keep using chemicals day in, day out. It was like the universe was trying to give me a warning. (laughs) So I set up my own home salon using natural products because at the time the clinic wasn't interested in that type of pathway. So I worked from home. I did half the amount of hours and at the same wage I was in the salon because I had my own, you know, salon that I could do my own rules. And this gave me the time to not only work on last, but I was dedicated to prove a point that I could make it work. But two, I got to spend every single day with dad. We either went for coffee, we went out, we had dinners. Like every single day I would make it a conscious effort to go and see mum and dad and spend time with dad. And he was fine. Like he had hair at my wedding. He went grey, but he had hair. So, you know, he was in a good state, but I just decided that that was my chance to how can I buy myself more time? And for me, that was cutting back work but without it sacrificing money because we just bought our first house. Mm. And I think the thing that's so special about that story is like so many people start their businesses and they think I'm going to have to work for 10 years before I can take a step back. A lot of people think like lifestyle freedom, I'll have that when, right? Mm -hmm. Like time freedom, I'll have that when. I think what's Mm -hmm. so inspiring about that story from you is that you chose to have that from day one. You were like, no, 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 I'm going to get the same amount of money, but work half the amount of time so that I can do what is a priority for me and that is to spend my time with my dad. And I think that decision at that point in your life, like you were so young and so new into business, is the exact same energy that you've brought through with you that has just allowed you to have four months out of the office and (laughs) traveling around and doing what you want to do and has helped you to create lifestyle and location freedom in your business today is because you didn't wait until one day to have that. You set that up from day one. So that's so incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've built a business now that is an incredible household name. 
like the most <laughs> incredible household name. Like I remember when Last Me Rules came out. I remember it came on the scene with a bang and everyone was using it. It was so incredible. But you've created kind of an incredible business that allows you to really practice that lifestyle freedom. How much work goes into setting up the systems and processes in your business to actually allow for that? Because obviously for you to be able to take four months away means that the business needs to run without you, right? So (laughs) that's an incredible setup. Like what goes into that? I mean, essentially we have processes and policies in place as we have for many years, but they continue to grow and where they are now, they're certainly not perfect and they're certainly not polished. And I encourage my team to consistently relook at them and change them and evolve because what works now isn't going to work in six months time. And if we set and forget, that is the first thing that I say in my business, it's setting you up for failure because the world is changing so quickly. For me to travel It did give the team a lot of their initiative. They had responsibility. I still did work full time. Like I certainly did juggle working and I still did my exact same role, but I just did it remotely. It did allow my business manager to step up and really gain her confidence and grow and flourish as herself, which has set her up for the best success in her role. It's probably the best thing I could have done for her moving into that role is to sort of go away and sort of throw her in the deep end. Of course, I was there and aligned with her. And it really made me realize what did work, what worked well, what wasn't working and where needed more attention on the business. It also allowed me to work on the business and not in the business. It's so easy for someone like myself to get stuck in the day-to-day because what I do best is strategy. I, I am a problem solver. So it's kind of essential to have somewhat my hands in the pie because that's what I do best and that's what I know best. But at the same time, you've got to find that balance to allow your team to flourish as well. So some key processes that we've put in that place since then, and as I said, they are certainly not perfect and they will continue to grow, is we do leaders meets. I've assigned leaders to each department. So this has allowed me to do leaders meets every single week. I do one week, Lex does the other, so we're both sort of involved. And that just any challenge, any problem, any win, we go through wins, challenges, outcomes, anything like that, we work through together. And it continuously allows us to continually better that space. Daily communication with Lex, of course, I had. Um, And the other thing I really loved was end of week emails from every person in the team. It was just like their way to brain dump what they did. It wasn't like I did X, Y, Z. It was just the the main things, the takeaways, and then what they want to work on the next week. And I found this really sets them up for what they're going in. So when they come in Monday, they go, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what I'm working on this week. So many little things like that along the way, as you grow, so do they. And so one thing you need to remember, because for me, I thought I had to have it perfect. And I was actually embarrassed if I didn't have a process or a policy for something in place. But at the end of the day, we all start somewhere. And it's just about having the want and the need to continue to grow them as you grow as well. Yeah. And I think it's so funny because I think most entrepreneurs, like exactly what you just said, they go into it being mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I've hired this person. And like, I want them to think that like, I'm really good because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I'm so grateful that they've joined my business. <laughs> but I'm actually a hot mess. Like I'm over here. Like I've got no idea what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people come from corporate and they, you know, come from a company where they've had 20 years of, you know, experience to figure out, like they come with a process manual or a procedure manual, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And when you work for a small business, you don't have that. Like even Stacey and I today, like we've both been in business for a long time. And like, you could come into my business right now and be like, oh no, we don't have a process for that. <laughs> but could you write one? That would be really helpful. <laughs> right. And that is part of it. It's like, please don't think you have to have it perfect to get a team member. Mm. Please don't wait until it's 
all set up. Like you'll never get where you want to go that way. And it's about even realizing you're not really, you are someone's boss, but more than that, you're a leader Mm -hmm. and you're a team, you're a one mind team. And we all equally contribute. And rather than being someone's boss, it's like, we're actually just here to like to inspire and support. Absolutely. And lead by example. Totally. So Mm. you mentioned before that you went away. You were supposed to go for six weeks, I think. And then you were like, babe, fuck it. Let's just go for four months. (laughs) Like how incredible. And also congratulations on developing a business that has allowed you to be able to do that. Was there guilt like in making that decision? Talk to me about like, was there guilt for you in being like, okay, actually I'm going to go enjoy more of my life right now? Absolutely. 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 Every single day I have guilt. Every single minute I'm in the office, I have guilt. And I am learning through that with my coach at the moment because I'm one of those people, if I expect you to sweep the floors, I will sweep the floors too. Like it needs to, I'm one of those people where if I expect you to do something, it's something that I would do myself. So absolutely. And I think we need to remember that I have been in business for nine years. I'm 33 now. Most of my employees are under 30. (laughs) So I've been there, done that, what they're doing now. And that's one thing my coach said to me. And not only that, I have so much responsibility on my hands that, you know, it's about different responsibilities for different people. You know, my responsibilities are different to theirs. And it doesn't mean if I'm not in the office seven till four, I'm working any less than them. So it has taken me a lot to get used to the whole guilt thing. But at the end of the day, as long as you're on that journey with them, it's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. Like you're not above them, you're not below them. It's like Mm -hmm. that, again, like that one team mentality where it's like, I am doing these things. You guys know that I'm doing these things. I'm really open with you. Like I'm not just flaffing about, like you guys know how hard I work, right? And so Mm. it allows for that. There's like that respect, I guess, Mm. that's there. So what is your secret to a happy, motivated and specifically self-led team? I mean, I certainly think I'm still growing here. I'm very hard on myself in that instance. But since the beginning, I'm very committed to removing the boss stigma. I remember one of my employees, something happened and I handled it very well. And she's like, wow, my old boss would have thrown a handbag across the room if I'd have done that. And I'm one of those people where I'm like, something happens, let's learn from it and let's ensure it doesn't happen again and let's move on. We're all human. We all make mistakes. And I think the biggest thing for me is removing the boss stigma. And I always say to my team, if you have a frustration and you don't voice it, deal with it. It's your own problem. You have a frustration and you voice it to me, I will fix it and I'll do everything in my power to support you through it. But I can't help you with anything you don't tell me, so suck it up. And I know that sounds a bit attitude but at the end of the day, I want my team to know that there is no problem, big or small. There's no frustration that is not valid. You will share it with me. I'll help you fix it. Let's move it on. And if it's not me, it's Lexi. And that's me just removing the boss stigma because people are used to a boss being big, scary. I just want to love everyone and they're all my family. Like I don't want them to feel that energy with me. So that's been really important to me. I think another one is team culture. When you have 24 staff and in the beginning, it took me a while to understand people. I just thought they were all like me. And now I understand that we all have different personalities. We all have different values. So at the end of the day, the brand success is a reflection of the team. So for me, I ensure they understand the employee's values 
and their personality. And we don't hire based on qualifications. I don't give two shits about their qualifications. I care about their willingness to learn, if they're coachable, if they align with the brand, if they have values that somewhat align with me, then cool, jump on this mission and let's go together. That's kind of the mentality that I have. And I think that's helped get a team that I'll never think perfect, not the team, that me in, in a sense, but I feel like getting a team that are all aligned somewhat and are on the same brand mission together. And that's been a big learning for me over the years. Mm, and it comes across firm. And I think this is a really, I feel like women and leadership, it's a really interesting dance, you know, because mm. I'm sure, I don't know about you, but I know that for me <laughs> and a lot of the high profile women that I work with who do have teams and who are in leadership roles, whether they like it or not, that, you know, we're people pleasers by nature as females, especially I think oh, yeah. as females raised in Australia. Yeah. And so to learn to be firm, like what you said before was like, no, 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 I tell you that it's yours to deal with unless you bring it to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And for some people that might sound fierce, but actually mm-hmm. that firmness and that fierceness and that honesty about your needs and how they allows you to best support them. Right. Because yeah. it's like, if you don't tell me, I can't help you. So I'm going to be really clear that the minute you tell me it becomes my problem too, and we can fix it. But if you mm-hmm. don't tell me and you hold it and you harbor that resentment, girlfriend, that is your issue. Right. Exactly. And so yeah. it, it actually, like, guys, you have to be firm. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, if you have a team, you can't dance around them and you can't, you know, just lead with love every single moment of every single day. There has to be that firmness and those guardrails to actually support and foster the love and the support that you're trying to generate in your business. But I think that you say that you're growing in this space, but Stacey, like, you're probably the best female leaders I've spoken to ever. Aww. Like the way that you are putting those guardrails in for your team and the fact that Mm -hmm. those obviously work because it allows for you to go away and for this business to continue running with 24 Mm -hmm. team members, like it's exceptional, Mm -hmm. exceptional. I think for me, I can't stand bitchiness. Like that is just no go for me. And you know what? Bitchiness comes from, and like if they don't understand a situation, a misunderstanding or a lack of knowledge. So literally any bitchiness is a lack of knowledge or a misunderstanding. So for me, it's like, if there's a frustration, voice it, let's fix it. Let's work together. If it's not me directly, someone else will help you. Because at the end of the day, as I said, that's what bitching is. It's essentially Mm -hmm. a misunderstanding. So let's just fix it. That's kind of my mentality. I mean, I don't want people to be uncomfortable. Like if you're not happy here, let's fix it. Let's move on or whatever, which is rare. But I'm just saying like, I want to cultivate a team that love being at work because I love being at work and I want to be around that energy. And yeah, if there is a problem, let's just work it out together. It's fine. How do you bring those brand values through? Because like, so for example, you know, we have a really similar, like our thing is like empowerment, right? And so Mm -hmm. for us, it's like, we don't bitch either. Like there's a zero bitching. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, it, it wouldn't even fly. Like you might say something bitchy and someone in the team would be like, yeah, but what about this perspective from that person? Like, you know, it would yeah, be very yeah. much about like, you know, <laughs> under, like well, yeah, let's be understanding of the situation and have and hold so much love. Like, it just doesn't happen in our team, right? How do you bring those values through so that you, you know, when you have 24 people, how are you getting them to live and breathe those values when even like you said before, you don't even necessarily speak to all of those people on a daily or weekly basis, right? Because you have team mm. leaders. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that through? I think it's every decision we make is based on our values and it's empowering the team for every decision they make is based on their values. You know, one of the highest value is customer satisfaction. And so we had a product, an SBF product that went out streaky. No one complained about it, but I knew the problem. 
So my top value is customers and our community. And I want our product to be a five-star customer experience. If they don't get that, we fix it. So we made a decision to replace 860 SPFs, sent out a private letter that was signed by me, replaced every single one of them, cost me $12,500. And the point of that is every single decision I make is based on our values as a brand. And so it's ingrained in them. And if it's not at the beginning, it'll start to be, they go through an onboarding as well, where we go through all of this, of course, but it kind of cultivates that team as we all grow together. And Mm -hmm. it's just coming back with everything that we do is based on our values. Does it align with our values? Yes or no? I love that. And Mm. this is why brand values are so important. And I feel like it's something that gets really overlooked. I think Mm. at the beginning, I don't know about you, actually, tell me your story here. But at the beginning, I kind of just like made brand values up, like at the very beginning, because like I knew I needed to have them. So I was like things like integrity and that honesty. And I just chose words that like sounded good, right, that other people had. At what point, like did you do that? And at what point did you finally decide to land on, like how did you develop those values? Like how did that process come along? I think this comes through my coaching too. Like I have a coach, but I was the same. I was like, what well, words align with me? We're going to go roll with these words, but they didn't mean anything. And the team knew that. So it wasn't until I had a purpose and a meaning behind every single thing that is a value for us that then made sense and the team understood. And then every decision then flowed from there that we made was based on those values. Okay, what's this campaign? What's the objective? And how does this align with our values? And is it something we can go forward with? And you kind of just teach it as you go. Mm. But I was the same. I had no idea what values were for a very long time. (laughs) It's like fancy words on paper that someone told you to do one time. (laughs) And so you wrote them down. You were like, done. (laughs) <laughs> that's it done <laughs> the task is done back in the day I don't know when we first get started in business and people will be listening to this and be like I'm in that phase right now where you just like tick and flick tasks so you don't put much thought mm. into like yep brand done yep like values done yes systems done process is done but they're like they just like slapped together just so that you can move on to the next thing rather than actually doing yeah. it well you know I was blown away by the customer service when I was purchasing your product I requested a color match and got an almost instant email with personalized recommendations. I got follow-up check-ins, like how much thought and care you mentioned before your number one value is like our customers and our customer experience. How mm-hmm. much thought and care and how long did it take you to develop this customer experience? Again, I think these leaders meets is where it all came to, right? We, as you know, customer experience and our community is at top and highest value. And it was a non-negotiable that we built relationships with our customers because at the end of the day, they're our precious goals and they're supporting our journey and we're supporting them. So for us, it was evolving and just someone like myself listening to feedback as soon as there's a problem or anything that comes up, we then evolve from there. And so it's like little things, like our team is now available 7am till 10pm because, you know, we had a normal five-day week that was eight to four, whatever we worked. And there was so many customers we were missing. We were mums. We'd get online at 8 p.m. We'd get online before school drop-off. And so we then were like, right, we need our team available for our community. And the best we could do is 7 till 10 for now. And that served our community perfectly to be available for free colour matches and skin consults. And I think we need to remember too, being an e-commerce brand, we remove that relationship building that you have in a shop front. And so it's really important to me that we build that through our community and give them that one-on-one care and prove to them that, yeah, we're e-commerce, but we're bloody here for you. If you want a color match, we will give it to you straight away. And we have the 99 success rate. And I think too, as I said, just touching any pain points of a customer, like just listen to them. They are your precious gold. When they are 
talking about something at the beginning, you might think, oh, they're whinging, they're complaining. You might take it to the heart. I did too. But now I look at it and I'm like, thank you. Thank you for going out of your way to tell me that you don't like this or this is a problem for you because maybe no one else did and I'm never going to know unless you tell me. And as soon as there's a problem like that that happens a few times, the girls put it in the end of the day email if something's come up more than once or if it's a reoccurring thing. And we put it on the list and I do not move it off that list until I've solved that problem. And that's just something that we'll continue to do because we want to be the best and to be the best, you need to listen. Oh, I think like (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast right now, which you are, so what I want you to notice is that Stacey, first of all, has put the customer at the heart of her business. And the second Mm -hmm. thing that I think has made you so successful is obviously you're a genius, but outside of that, (laughs) you problem solve. And Mm -hmm. I really think the key to success in business is problem solving. I think that Mm -hmm. you will constantly find new problems to solve, which will be in the form of new products or better products or improved products. You will constantly find gaps in the market that you and your skills and your knowledge can solve. And because of that, your business will always continue to grow and thrive and be of value to the community. It's not Mm. just good enough to, and you would have seen this with a lot of brands and a lot of people, they come on the scene and they solve a problem, but they fail to innovate. And they fail to grow and they fail to change. They fail to pivot as the market changes because they're not listening, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's made you so successful. So to wrap this up, tell me, throughout your business journey Mm -hmm. of nine years, which is like quite some time, (laughs) what have been some of your biggest lessons or learnings? I think there's a lot. I think, as I said, challenges just allow me to learn and grow. I don't let them knock me down. You know, they actually inspire me, if anything. And I think there's always going to be hurdles. And again, like I said, it's the perspective that you have on that hurdle and or the complaint from the customer. It's just all about listening. Honestly, that has been my biggest lesson. I used to take any complaint personally. I was like, what do you mean? That's my favorite product. How can you say that? But when you listen to them and understand them, that a lot of the time, that's what allows you to grow. So my biggest lesson so far has been listening. And I think too, the other thing, if as I go touching back on the team, is just not hiring like you think you should. I'm like, I need to hire someone with a marketing degree, free of experience, because they're going to help me. Yes, that's valid, but if they don't align with your values and they don't align with the brand and they don't give two shits about clean beauty and healthy living or customers or people's feelings, then how are they going to support you on your team? So I think for me, there's so many lessons. Like every day I have a lesson, but the big two that stand out are that listening, not taking things personally, and also hiring a team that you genuinely want to be around every single day. Mm. And I think that both of those actually come back to listening, right? Because the first one is listening to your customer. And the second one is actually listening to your intuition because your intuition like knows, like, you know, like on paper, someone might look great. And then when you actually meet them, you're like, yes, this is the person. But then your mind might be like, logically though, this other person has better skills. And that really comes down to like really trusting your instincts and your gut and knowing that this Mm. person's going to be a perfect fit for our team. And I can feel energetically that they're willing and open to learning and therefore they're going to be the best fit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so good, Stacey. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for recording it twice with me. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Such an honor to hear My some pleasure. of those stories twice. It actually, it's so powerful for me because I feel like I fully integrated the stuff that you said today and 
I have learned from this podcast today. Like I've really taken a lot away. You're an inspiration. It's been incredible Mm -hmm. to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much, guys. If you loved today's podcast, I would love it if you would please take a screenshot, tag myself and Stacey, tell us your biggest takeaways. Please go and follow Lust Minerals. Please go and get yourself some incredible cruelty-free, like skin approved, very healthy chemical-free makeup so (laughs) that you can live your best life, be your healthiest version of yourself, look after yourself and still feel incredible. Stacey, again, thank you so much for jumping on and guys, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I want you to reflect back on this episode and write down right now what action you're going to take and what you're going to change after listening. And after you've done that, please tell me, slide into my DMs. It means the world to me to know that you're getting value from this podcast. I always want to know what you want to see more of, the things that have landed and the ways that it's changing your life. And if you're ready to build a scalable, saleable and profitable business, we're currently taking applications into Success School, which is my mentorship program to take your business to seven figures and beyond. You can apply now via the link in the show notes.